Hey, Brian. Hey, Rick. Shooter McGavin here on a Masters Weekend, day two. Wow. So I heard your From the Tips podcast is kind of badass. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of From the Tips. It is me, your boy, Brian, always joined by my fantastic co-host, Rick Landis. How we doing? Good buddy. I'm doing fantastic. I golfed this weekend. How about that? How's this yeah. So you golf this weekend? I heard you golf this weekend. How do how we feel? How's the swing looking? How How is the mechanics? Well, I'll tell you what. My shoulder is in excruciating pain from the amount of chunks that I had. No, not uh, the chunk piece. <laughs> but hate that. Overall, I had a really good day for how long it's been. So I'm looking at my 18 birdies right now, which is um, not a free ad. It's just how I track my scores. Uh, it, looking at my profile, the last time that I played 18 holes was a very long time ago. Uh, long, long time ago. Yeah, it was, uh, it was in like August of last year was probably the last time. Uh, no, Damn, June dude. of last year. Uh, the, the whole move and everything just totally screwed yeah. me as far as like having yeah. time to do stuff. Um, so this is my first time out in a very long time playing 18 holes and I shot a 99. So not bad. That's so uh, hundred. Yeah. And I had five pars. So like overall, God damned, what a day overall, pretty good day. I mean, the course is relatively short. It's only 5,700 yards, um, but it's still par 72. Yeah, I mean, we're not, we're not like, so. yeah, we're not PJ Tour professionals, right? We don't need also, to play 7,000 like, plus. I'm pretty sure the wind was like 40 miles an hour at some points because there was one of the par threes that we played. I hit one of the most beautiful tee shots that I've hit on a par three ever. And it was well, going directly at the pin. And the wind took it off the green. Geez. Like 25 yards to the left. <laughs> Yeah. Oh well, that that was Saturday, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was. No, it was Sunday. Was it was Sunday. It was Sunday. Sunday. It was windy on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Now I think about it. Um. Well, look. Those... Obviously, the most beautiful par three tee shot you ever hit is the one that went in the hole. That was not a good tee shot. That was. <laughs> it that was optically, it looked. <laughs> it looked very pretty optically. <laughs> Um, um it just yeah. did it help that the hole was directly in the front of the green sure sure but we don't got to talk about that but yeah so for those that don't know i i infamously hit the ball to the right i slice aggressively which did not help in these windy conditions because at, there was times where i would be aiming at the trees on the left and i would end up in the rough on the right that's how bad the wind was carrying my ball with Yeesh. my slice and it still took the ball 25 yards to the left. So it was just – it was a really windy day. Uh, again, felt really good about the shot, and then I ended up in a bunker and got a six on the hole. So, Ugh. yeah, it went from really good to really bad really quickly because of the wind. Um, but, I, I mean, what are you going to do? Like I said, first round out in a while, went, shot under 100, which – That's a big day. About that. Especially um, when it's almost a calendar year since the last time you played. 18 i think the only thing is you got five pars which means some of those holes must have just been one snowman and one seven well that's not too bad then 
It's not. It's not. So the 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 snowman was actually on a par five. So that was only a, a triple on that hole. And then the seven was on a four on a par four. So again, only a triple. So like I didn't get above a triple bogey, which is pretty good, I think. That's a big uh, day. It's a big yeah. day. So uh relatively good day for me there. Hopefully I can keep it going. I'm gonna try to get out. I think I was talking to Tom about this on Sunday. I think I want to try to get out eight to ten times before the golf weekend. Before the tournament. Yeah. I like just to kind of get things like going. That. Like my wedge was dialed in yesterday from everywhere. You gotta love being dialed in short game. I could be all over the place on the T box, but if I'm if I'm dialed in on the short game, I feel pretty okay about my day. Yeah. So that felt pretty good. Uh, like I said, gonna try to get get out a little bit more. Two putts per hole is a great stat, and that's what I had. Um, Tommy two putts, baby. Yes. I mean, I'm not gonna complain about that. Um, so yeah, pretty good. But uh how are, how are you doing? How was your weekend with the hailstorm and rain that we had? Uh, my weekend was was all right. Uh, as far as um, it's concerned with the storm, I was actually at a Flyers game for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> I was at a Flyers game in the middle of the storm. So I was just texting Ellie incessantly, uh, just being like, hey, are you alive? Is the house still standing? These are the new worries that you have to have as a homeowner. You're like, oh, my God, my house. That's it was thing. so bad on Saturday, though. It was windy. I mean, uh, I don't I believe a tornado. That bad of a storm in a while. I don't believe a tornado actually touched down, touched down. But uh, I, I do know it was like tornado force winds in Newtown at some point. There, there was actually tornadoes that touched down. I think they confirmed there was like six or seven small tornadoes that touched down. That's that is insanity to me because I remember growing up. Um, anytime there would be like, or oh, was possibly a tornado. And then everybody would be like, nah, that'll never happen here. There's too many hills. There's, you know, you got the Lehigh Valley over there. You got, you're in, you live in a very hilly area. Yeah. And then, yeah, as we get older, it starts happening more. And it's like, oh, that's right. Mother Nature does not care. She will find a way to touch down tornado wherever her heart feels like she wants to. So, um, yeah. that was, that was a bit worrisome. But by the time I left the Flyers game, the rain had stopped and the wind was fine. So uh, it was definitely interesting going into the building, understanding the pure weather hell that was happening outside and then yeah. leaving the building and like nothing being there. It was, it was a strange, strange feeling. I had the faith that the Wells Fargo center could hold up. I had that kind of, I had that kind of faith, but you never know. Right. Yeah. Um, you, you truly never do. So uh, yeah, that was that was a pretty wild, uh, wild night. And then really didn't get up to a whole lot more this weekend. Um, started my my second job. So that's good. How's that? Um, uh, it was it was it was nice, actually. I, it's kind of nice to go from like your job job to like a job that uh, is, is pretty mindless. You can just kind of turn the brain off it's for a couple hours. <laughs> It's not that it's meaningless. Like, it's just, I don't have to do a lot of like critical or intensive yeah. thinking, you know, which is really nice. It's also uh, got to like, feel nice that like, you're not like worried about getting fired there. Cause it's your supplemental income. Dude. So <laughs> nice. So, I mean, look, and, and if any, any of our listeners uh, are a part of the management staff and, or uh, uh, my higher ups at, at uh, my second job, I do apologize, but what's funny is because of that fact, 
I'm making shit up on the fly. You know, people are asking me about like how to like, I don't know, properly take care of their gardens, build this, build that. I'm like, <laughs> look, we're gonna figure this out together, right? Like, how about we just go to the section, we're gonna stare at stuff until we kind of we kind of figure out what's going on, right? Like, why not? <laughs> I'm there with this guy who's like, hey, you think you think this will cover like 400 square feet? And I was like, I mean, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the bag. I'm looking at the guy. I'm like, I mean, probably right. If you get enough of them, I feel like you have to. Don't let me, don't let me be here when this guy comes back. <laughs> Worst case scenario, you got to come back, right? I'm sure you didn't have anything else you wanted to get done today. You come on back. Uh, yeah, but and then eventually we looked at the bottom of the bag where it says how many square feet it covers. We're like, ah, ah, see, right there, you're fine. You're fine. You get that and you're good to go. What was nice is the ability to kind of like, so what I do for work mostly is technology-based in audio and video uh, production. So I'm sitting in a chair for a long period of time, pretty much as my job. Being able to just be outside in the, uh, what they call the mulch pit, which I find hilarious, um, and just load bags of mulch into people's cars just brain completely turned off for multiple hours just throwing yep. bags of mulch it was honestly nice and i don't think a lot of people would like be like oh you know love manual labor but at the same time if you for five days a week sit down don't do anything unless you go to the gym that day it's nice to get out there for two days a week mm-hmm. and just you know use your body start just Throwing mulch around. Uh, the worst part is, I don't know who makes red mulch, okay? But the red mulch bags, if there's one more hole in these things, I'm going to lose my mind. There was a whole pallet of red mulch. All of them had holes in it. <laughs> we couldn't get, we just couldn't like start loading that into, you know, Mrs. Yeah. Jenkins' back seat, right? There's going to be mulch all over the place. Yeah. Oh, it was awful. Um, but, you know, I, I really enjoy the job personally. Um, and, you know, talk to me in about two, three weeks from now when it's I'm funny. tired of it. But it's funny hearing how opposite, like how the opposite works, because like I'm I'm in the complete opposite boat. I'm outside all day. I'm doing all that right. stuff all day. So when I get home, I'm just like, I just want to veg out on the couch. <laughs> I don't want to be getting right. and doing more of this. <laughs> yeah, but, I I do too much vegging. So it was nice to get outside and and be able to do that the people on the people listening won't be able to see this you know how many times i washed my hands dirty is it sap what is that concrete it's caulk (laughs) we're like it's like it's like super it's super strong like masonry caulk like so it's for like pavers so like look when when you're touching your caulk at work it's tough i've washed my hands like 10 times and i've showered and this is what my hands look like (laughs) Do you have that like mechanics uh hand soap with like use sandpaper in there? I used That's it twice. Ridiculous. Yeah. So I think I just have to wait for I, this just might be like what my hands look like now. I don't I know. I think eternally that might be what your hands look <laughs> like, which arguably is hilarious because everybody's gonna think your hands are dirty all the time. Uh-huh. It's like this is gross. Like I got home and I was guy. like, and Gina brought Gideon's back from Disney and me, her, and Vanessa were going to eat something. And I was like, guys, look at this. I washed my hands seven times already. And I, I washed them again just so that they knew I wasn't lying. Because yeah. I feel like it just, my hands look dirty, but they're not. Because I've washed them so many times. I think eventually, right, that they'll, they'll 
they will go back to normal because dead skin will eventually peel. Like the, the skin on my hand is not the same skin that I've had like my entire life. It does, you know, I do shed skin. That's where, as dust, that's where dust comes from. Yeah. So, you know, eventually I believe your hands will go back to, to normal. However, I'm interested to see how long it takes. Yeah, it's going to be a few days, I think. It's like a science experiment, almost. It is really like that's that's crazy. Yeah, they were like it just very, went out, started very dirty. Blood like a dog. That's what it looks like. It's just that's <laughs> what you do in your free time. Yeah. Um, but other than our incredibly, um, some would say, boring weekends, except for Rick's because he he got to golf. I gotta know, Rick. I got to know what happened today. And, you know, arguably this week, if you want to keep going in sports history. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the Phillies beat the Rangers. No, they did not. (laughs) Um, That's that's going to be in on August, uh, April 4th of 2073 will be the next time they they beat the Rangers. If we Um, get lucky, maybe Uh, I'm going to get ahead of it here. Okay, I'm going to call it now. August 4th, 2023, the Phillies beat the Yankees uh, at the 7 p.m. start of uh, the baseball game tonight. So when you're listening to this, the Phillies will be one and three. Woo! Market. Uh, so about- anyway, 1937, <laughs> we're going all the way back to. That's the last time the Phillies beat the Rangers. I'm just kidding. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that while I'm drinking water. <laughs> so- <laughs> <laughs> April 4th, 1937. We have the fourth Augusta National Invitation Tournament, which is now known as the Masters. Byron Nelson wins the first of his five major titles. So shout out Byron Nelson. We all know who that is because he has a tournament named after him. And that is that is very true. Also, when did it start getting called the Masters and not Augusta? Uh well, uh, in 1938. It says the fifth U.S. Masters tournament happens at Augusta National Golf Club. So maybe 1938. I would have to. Well, let's do Just math because if, if it was the fifth. Right. Then it would be 1933. But the one that you just said was 1930. The fourth was in 1937. And then in the fifth. So the website that I'm looking at has like the things that happen on those days. So it's right. 1937, right. the fourth. Augusta National Invitation Tournament, and then the next one down says 1938 Fifth U.S. Masters Tournament. I was so uh, by the process of elimination, I feel like we've narrowed it down to 1938 being when they finally started calling it the Masters. I wonder if it was because Byron Nelson had won two of them, and they're like, "This guy is clearly a master." You want to know what would be a good name for this event? <laughs> the Masters. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like a lot of the uh, the history sports at this point is masters based, you know. It's all it's all masters and uh NCAA tournament. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah that's pretty really, much all it is. Cuz you're not in the playoffs of hockey or basketball quite yet. Football's uh, over. 1997 the Braves officially opened Turner Field. Oh, yeah. That's uh did you know that that field is now used by Georgia Tech? Is it really? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I, I because when uh, I think it was the second time we went to Atlanta for work, um, the Uber passed Old Turner Field, which is actually in Atlanta, which is which is cool when the sports team plays 
in the city and not an hour outside of it in a totally different county. Uh, yeah, I'm adding I'm adding the Atlanta Braves. Um, but <laughs> it is just a big old sign on the side of Turner Field, a former Major League Baseball stadium is Georgia Tech. Or is it Georgia State? Either way. It's it's what it's one of those. Um yeah, so I, I guess it's still getting used, but I the whole concept of the Braves being in Cobb County is like you're not in Atlanta. I think it's I think it's just we got mm. spoiled with where we grew up with everything being that's so true. That's really true. because like even like the New York teams play in New Jersey. So it's like that's that's very true. And uh, I guess like the New York Yankees, they can say they're the New York Yankees because that's the Bronx, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the thick of New York. Yeah. Even the Mets, they play in Flushing. And I don't believe that's a part of the city. Although arguably Flushing Mets would be so much funnier of a name. I yes. wish that was the one they went with. Um, I can't do a lot of smack talking right now considering the uh, the 0-3 fightings, but you know. It is what it is. It's going to get better. Um, it's got to get better, right? Eventually, in a 162-game season, they're bound to fuck around and win one game. It's bound to happen. You can't spend all of the money that they spent and not win some games. I know, right? <laughs> just have have that roster of just so much money and not win games. I'm waiting for, uh, I'm waiting for them to be like, like 30 wins at the All-Star break, and then... Bryce Harper comes back and they just rip off like 90. That'd be huge. I mean, because I got a I got a nine, I got a 90 plus win bet currently in the balance here, which would be cool <laughs> if the Phillies could win me some money. That would be fun. Um, kind of like what they did for Phil last year when he made that obvious. I think he does it every year. He picks them to go to the World Series just because uh-huh. why not? Um, I don't know exactly how much money he won last year, but I know that he uh, won that bet. But uh, yeah, it, being a Phillies fan right now is uh, not super duper fun. Uh, no. It'll get better, right? I mean, it's bound to bound to get better. There's enough talent on the team that we know Aaron Nolan, Zach Wheeler aren't that bad. They'll turn it around. Is Bailey Falter an ace? He only gave up two runs. I, it's a possibility, right? You know, is is Bailey Falter the answer to all of our prayers? It sounds it bad is. with having Nola and Wheeler on your team that Falter yeah. would be an ace, but. But yeah, hey, maybe it, that's that's what. It, but you know, we love we love an underdog in Philly, and that's what we are right now. We do love a good underdog story in in the confines of Philadelphia. But uh, to go back to the original topic here, I do think we were we were a bit uh, spoiled as a Philadelphia sports fan with the whole idea of the complex, just everything in one area. There's easy uh, public transit to said area. There's literally a subway that goes right next to it. Uh, yep. SEPTA buses go there all the time. Getting off 95 for those that are um, on the Jersey kind of side of the city and getting off 76 for those in the, the western part of the state. It's really easy on both ways. Sure, the traffic on uh, Broad Street, not awesome. Because yeah. <laughs> traffic lights kind of suck. But if you can if you can finagle your way around that, if you get there early enough, you're fine. The parking lots are massive. Um yeah, I, I'm really hard pressed to think of a city, at least in the United States, that kind of has a better sporting kind of experience as far as the tailgating stuff and the getting there and the ability to have everything centrally located where you're not flying all over the place. However, the the 76ers are doing 
their damnedest to ruin everything by trying to build that stadium in the middle of center city, which I don't know why you would do that. That just sounds like sounds a horrible. parking nightmare. Yeah. It sounds horrible. Um, just, it's just a terrible idea. Look, I understand. No one wants to be roommates with the flyers. I get that. Right. I get You don't want that kind of stank on your franchise. It's, it's bound mm-hmm. to, it's like, it's like having a, a roommate that just never does laundry and just leaves their stinky clothes all over the floor. That's the Philadelphia Flyers to the 76ers. So I understand not wanting to be roommates with them anymore. But like, yeah, you're ruining the whole the whole thing. Whole uh, sports complex. It's it's a fan, it's a fantastic time um to be a Philadelphia sports fan. It's not, but um we'll get there. It's it's 162 game seasons, man. We got 159 games left. We're going to be great math. Fine. Did I do the math right on that? Yeah. Big math guy. Big math guy. Big math guy. Um, <laughs> big math guy. Uh, you know who else is a big math guy? I can't sure. confirm this, but that that's just the best segue that I could find. It's just Corey Connors. <laughs> I tried to segue it with the underdog, but then you just had to keep talking about the stadium. So now, now we're at math guy Corey Connors. <laughs> Confirmed math guy. Corey Connors, the Canadian mathematician himself, um, <laughs> the Canadian mathematician. There's your episode title, folks. Um, yeah, getting it done at the Valero Texas Open as far as you could possibly get away from his birth country in the United States would be Texas. So that's always uh, that's always a good place to start winning. He has one other career win, by the way, which was also at the Valero Texas Open in 2019. So. Clearly a tournament that he performs strongly at, which is which is good for his career, getting that second win. Uh, winning $1.6 million is always nice. Uh, by Wednesday, that'll be hitting his account. Also, this qualifies him for the Masters. He wins this tournament and gets to turn around and play the Masters, which I think he would have been able to anyways because he's ranked 18th in the FedEx Cup right now. So I believe he was already playing the Masters. Um but getting the invitation for the W is a lot better. What? This is more important than anything you're about to tell me. Do you know what Corey Connors went to college for? Tell me, tell me he's a big math guy. Is he a big math guy? Actuarial mathematics was that's his what I'm talking about. <laughs> now that is how you confirm the segue is real. That's what I'm talking about. I that's I fantastic. love that. That's I love so that good. you put the effort. I love that you put the effort forward to be like, we can qualify this as a segue, right? It's where to go to math. <laughs> I just I had to know. I was like, you went to college. I had to know. I had to, I had to know what it was. Where did he go to college? Confirmed. He went to Kent State for actuarial State. mathematics. Confirmed Corey Connors, big math guy. <laughs> what do you do with an actuarial mathematics degree other than play golf? In golf tournaments. It, well, yeah, two of them <laughs> now. Uh, math jobs. Here we go. Let's see. Let's see what we can do. Math with jobs. <laughs> no, I typed out the word actuarial. Okay, <laughs> I can. I know what to do with that. Teacher. Um. Action. Oh, actuarial math mathematician is just a job. What do you What do you do though? What do you What are you mathing? What is actuarial mathematics? <laughs> like, 
who's hiring you? A lot of companies in California. Good for them. Um, Actuarial mathematics is an interdisciplinary subject that straddles business, economics, mathematics, and statistics. Oh, so he's sounds like a fancy business degree. degree. Yeah, sounds like a a business degree. degree. He he didn't have a math degree. Oh, I guess you could be an actuary. I guess that's what your goal would be, an actuary. I don't know if this is an embarrassing question to ask, but what is an actuary? Here, I got it for you. Actuaries analyze the financial cost risks and uncertainty. So, like, I guess it would be like if you worked for a company, you would, like, basically do their risk profiles for investments and stuff. Oh, so you tell them what's like not smart to invest money in and what is smart? Yeah, it says they use mathematics, statistics, and financial theory to assess the risk of potential events, and they help business and clients develop policies that minimize the cost of that risk. That's got to be one hell of a job, having like a multi-billion dollar company and being like, hey, yeah, as, as the guy that you pay to tell you where to put your money, I feel like me would be a great idea right <laughs> that, would, that would count right um, yeah the next thing says they predict the future with math oh that whoa <laughs> whoa having that kind of power that's <laughs> that's nice that's a nice power to have yeah. um but also what a nice power to have is is on a sunday for a tournament that's at a tpc course right before the masters you go bogey free uh cory connor's really kind of separated himself from the field he was a shot back at the beginning of sunday so he wasn't in the lead but he was in the final group um he he really kind of took the reins and looked like a pro this has been a really big year for Corey connors uh specifically for what i mentioned earlier he's 18th in fedex cup points right now he's had a fairly good year as far as putting himself in good spots obviously a guy and we've talked about this what feels like uh all the time but um, he's a guy that benefited from playing well in tournaments early on in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's only been cut two times so far this year, this season, I should say. And he went on an absolute tear from the Zozo championship to the Sony open where he didn't finish higher than 25th. That, I mean, that'll get, or he didn't finish. He didn't finish yes, lower than 25th. Um, that'll definitely get you FedEx Cup points. I, I, I mean, I know you're not winning tournaments, but T25, T23, T11, T6, T18, T12. Um, and that T18, that T18 being at the, the Tournament of Champions, which is when all the big guns arrived and you decided yeah. to pop yourself in the top 25, that's huge. And especially for a guy like Corey Connors, where his career, obviously, it only being his second win, you're not going to go out of your way to say his career has been fantastic his best finish at a major being t6 at last year's masters um you know you're not gonna point out Corey connors and be like he's the guy or anything like that but putting yourself in a position in the fedex cup to be in the top 20 and then also putting yourself in a position to have momentum going into the masters is huge i i mean i just said it last year's masters t6 right who knows? Corey Connors is he? Would he be the first Canadian to win a win a Masters? Uh, I do not know. Canadian Masters winners. Uh no, he would not be the first to uh to to win, to win the Masters. Uh, 
Mike Weir in 2005. Uh, I don't know. But he's not the first Canadian. But he's the first Canadian in my heart, you know, if he if he winds up winning the Masters. But um, obviously it being, we talked about it last week, uh, it being the tournament before the Masters, if you win, you automatically qualify. Although, although I believe he was already qualified. What is how does it feel getting a win right before the Masters in order to get the because you won a tournament invitation? That's just got to feel good, right? It does, and especially knowing that you have a little bit of momentum going into the Masters. I mean, we talk about it all the time, so I'm not going to harp on it too much. But winning back to back is tough, and he obviously understands that winning once is tough enough, but to have that momentum. I think if you're Corey Connors, you're happy with the top 10 finish this week. Like you don't necessarily need to expect a win because you have such a long career ahead of you. If you can just keep building momentum now and just keep putting your name in the conversation, eventually it'll happen for you. I don't think it's going to be this year just because again, we got all the big guns that are going to be there as much as he's going to be riding momentum going into this week. I just don't know that he's going to be able to pull out a win T six last year. Good finish. I would imagine it's probably going to be something around there again. Um, right. Because we didn't have John Rob, We didn't have Rory. We didn't have Scheffler. We didn't have any of those guys playing this week. Um, so the competition wasn't like crazy. Like Sam Stevens and Sam Ryder were his big competition. They both shot minus six on Sunday. Uh, so they put a little pressure on him, which is huge for him. But again, don't have the big guns who are going to come out and just really put the pressure on you with the groups following them and all that extra stuff that you're not really used to as a guy like Corey Connors. Um, So again. Right. I feel like with Corey Connors, he's kind of the type of guy where he's just going to put his head down and probably get like in the top 20, which at obviously at a major is huge. Uh, but he's just kind of one of those guys on tour that you're not really talking about until he winds up at the top of the leaderboard. And you're like, oh, right, this guy is like actually very good at golf and is in the top 20 in FedEx Cup points. He's got kind of the guy that sneaks up on you a little bit, uh, uh, which I feel like we've been seeing a lot this year from from a lot of guys. I'm going to look at the FedEx Cup standings real quick. I feel like there's just a lot of sneaky dudes in here. Yeah, shame is power. Eighth. In, in the FedEx Cup points. Um, mm-hmm. Chris Kirk, uh, seventh in FedEx Cup points. You know, like guys that are just sneaking up on you because they've just been playing consistently well throughout the rest of the beginning of the season so far. Uh, however, it is, for those of you that are curious, Masters Week. And Masters Week is where the rubber hits the road. For most casual golf fans, this is when they begin watching. Yeah. Um, this is kind of their week one. As, as it were. Um, so this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where your top guys are going to become your top guys come the end of the season, you know? So oh. obviously, arguably the biggest week in golf uh, for for pretty much most people other than us. Uh, we know the actual biggest week in golf, and that's a, that's a waste management open. But, you know, it, this for other people, you know, and, you know, not making fun of you, but, you know, lesser folks as it were this is this is their pinnacle of golf this is when the golf season quote unquote begins right so let's get into it it is masters week and i want to start off with 
arguably not maybe not the biggest story, but one of the biggest storylines it involves. So last week we also had the live tournament in Orlando, which Brooks Kepka ended up winning. And now Brooks Kepka is an interesting name to be talking about right now uh, for a couple of different reasons. So obviously we know he's one of the live guys mm-hmm. kind of left the PGA tour, not because of, you know, being at odds with any of the, the, brain trusts in the PGA tour, but mostly because at least this is my feeling because he had doubts about his health. He was injured. He's been injured consistently. And he kind of looked at the facts and he was like, look, if I can't win consistently on the PGA tour and make my money, I'm going to go where money's guaranteed, right? Because my health might not be guaranteed to, to be able to win these tournaments. He's back on the winning streak, not like streak, but he's back into his winning ways, gaining more confidence uh, after winning the event, he said, quote, I like where I'm at. I feel great. I've got no doubt in my mind that I can do this again. And I think that just solidifies it. So there's more confidence there, which is great to see from a guy who usually and used to ooze confidence. You know, this is the guy that remember his, his, I mean, always quoted quote of, I only golf when I'm here. Right. Yeah. Guy that doesn't practice the dude that shows up to majors and just wins and goes home. He there's a possibility that that guy could be back. And now the reason that's interesting is because he's kind of one of those guys that we're looking at right now that might be regretting his decision to move to live tour. So when he was asked about the masters, here's what he had to say. He said, quote, it'll be great just to see all the good players back in one field again. Right. It's the first time we've seen it in a long time. That'll be excited. I'm looking forward to it just to see everybody and compete against them because at the end of the day, I'll be honest, I do miss playing against Rory. I do miss playing against Scotty, and I'm sure they miss playing against us as well. I don't know about that, Brooks, whatever. Um, That's a fact. You always want to play against the best. That's going to make Augusta even more special. This is not what the Live Tour wants to see one of their guys saying. Literal quote-unquote, you always want to play against the best basically saying I'm not playing against the best right now. And it's frustrating me as a golfer because I want to play against Rory. I want to play against Scotty. I want to play against those guys week in and week out instead of this 48 man field of schmucks, you know? Yeah. This is really not what Greg Norman and the live tour want to see. What was your reaction when you saw his comments there about what the masters means to him, not specifically about it being the masters, but more about the field he'd be playing against. It made me laugh, to be honest, um, because I feel like I feel like the writing was on the wall the minute these guys decided that they were going to leave for this tour, that right. at some point, at least the big names, like obviously the Brooks Kepkas of the world, we we knew at some point we're going to regret their decision. The Chase Kepkas of the world, I don't think they're ever going to regret their decision because they're making more money there than they ever would have on the PGA Tour. But 100%. the guys like Brooks Kepka who have had who have who were working on their legacy for so long, winning majors, winning a bunch of tournaments who went and just took the money because why not? We knew they were going to regret it at some point. And all it took was the biggest golf tournament of the year coming up where they will be allowed to play somehow. Um, But all it took was that for them to realize I'm more excited for this than any of the times that I've played on the live golf tour since I started there. Right. And it made me laugh because I was like, like I said, we knew this was coming. And honestly, if I was going to put a bet on it, I probably would have said this was the weekend that we were going to hear something about it. 
Yeah, I mean, 100%. Everybody's been talking about the the live versus PGA Tour thing. This this could be the live guys versus their own tour and yeah. seeing what they have to return to after one hell of a battle at one of the best courses in the world against the best players in the world, right? Yeah. If, if these live guys, specifically guys like Cam Smith, who are out there, people are arguing that he's still the best golfer in the world. I'm sorry, you look at his live numbers right now. It, they're not good and he's playing against not, a 48 you can tell man. he's not practicing like he did when he was playing for the pga tour no because he doesn't have to because yeah. the money's guaranteed now here's here's a lovely little thing here because uh this this topic conversation has been has been brought up recently with the masters on the horizon uh rick sent this to me and it's been on my mind so apparently in the fine print of these contracts that these guys probably didn't read anyways it says if they were to default on their contract and, you know, try to remove themselves from the contractual obligation to play for the live tour, they would have to pay back two to four times their salary. So in Brooks Kepka's case, he was signed for a $100 million salary, which means if he were to break that contract, he would have to pay back anywhere from 200 to $400 million back to the live tour if he were to leave this is the fine print i'm not quite sure these guys read or at least thought that they would have to think about up until now right yeah i think i think it was what they thought they wouldn't have to think about right and 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 here they are and brooks kepka obviously is thinking about it i'm sure there's other guys thinking about it you're going to the masters you're playing against the best in the world it's going to be one of the best weekends of golf that you've experienced in quite some time and then you get to go from that to back to the live tour where you're playing against, you know, you're playing against some big names in golf, but the rest of them are pretty much proverbial. Nobody's no offense to them and their character. They're not going to go that, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where you might need to start thinking about, there could be the chance of some of these players defaulting on that contract. And once that starts happening, the live tour might fold, right? Yeah. Which could be a problem for a lot of these guys in their careers monetarily. Because A, they're still banned from playing on the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to default on their live contract, now you're not playing golf anymore. Yeah. You know, you're joining me in the mulch pit. On, yeah. On no, weekend, and that's you know? exactly that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Like, when you think about it, it's like, to put it in an everyday perspective, it's like, what's the what's your favorite part about your job? What, like, your your actual job? What's your favorite part about it? My salary job? Yeah. Oh, I just, I, I like to, uh, you know put the show together, hit, hit pretty buttons and make cameras nice. And, and then it's the done show. and you get the, you get the feeling of like, you're like, I did that. Like that's something yeah, that I did. Yeah. Now someone offers you a hundred million dollar contract to go shovel shit five times a week. You're not saying no to that. You love you your job. You're not saying yeah. no to that. hundred <laughs> percent. And then you get the opportunity for one day, your salary job that you used to work for calls you and is like, Hey, we really need some help right now. Any chance you could take a day and come do this for us. And you do the day and you're like, man, I miss this. That's literally what's happening to these guys right now is 100%. got a higher paying job that they thought they were going to like because it's more money. And now some of them at Brooks Kepka are starting to realize that it's not always what's the what's the phrase that people use? It's not all the grass is not always greener on the yes, other side. grass is not always greener on the other side. Uh, the money's not always greener. This money is probably red if we're being honest. Uh uh-huh. it's it's not always greener on the other side like brooks is just the start i think i i don't think we're gonna see guys like cam smith and dustin johnson necessarily 
because for some reason, it Dustin Johnson just seems like the kind of guy who just doesn't give a fuck about anything. He really does not care. And honestly, all power to you. I'll Cam you. Smith, I don't know what it is about him, but seeing how he's playing, it doesn't seem like it's fr- like it's frustrating him all that much. And he, maybe it's just mm-hmm. that he's not as vocal as guys like Brooks Kepka, but I don't know if he necessarily cares as much. But I'm thinking the guys like DeShambo, like P. Reed, like these like – who probably would be more middle of the road on the PGA tour now with, with how they, how long they've been out of it and how these guys are playing right now. I think they're going to start to get frustrated. And especially if Brooks decides to buy out of his contract, I really think that's going to be a catalyst for other guys. Well, here's the problem for a guy specifically like Bryson DeChambeau in this last tournament for the live, he came in 42nd of a 48 man field with no cuts right now. The way he's playing golf, he's going to get absolutely demolished by this Augusta National Course. Uh-huh. He's, he's toast. Even even that yeah. that Masters, I think it was either last year or two years ago. Even that Masters, where it was like he could just walk up to the tee box and power his way through the Masters, and realizing that you can't do that. Now you're not even playing good golf anywhere else, right? Like you're not yeah. being talked about. Nobody cares about you because you went over to Live Tour. You're not winning on the Live Tour either. Yeah. You are about to get absolutely demolished by Augusta National and everybody's going to enjoy watching it. I'm going to enjoy watching it. As far as Patrick Reed is concerned, he's already got a green jacket. So he's probably, you know, he's going to always get invited back to the masters until the day he dies, et cetera, et cetera. So like, he's fine with how things are going here. Um, But for a guy like Bryson DeChambeau, who's won a U.S. open based off his power alone, who wants to keep winning majors and do it the way that he does things. Uh-huh. This is not boating too well if you can't live uh, or you can't <laughs> uh, you can't win on the live tour, right? So there's going to be a couple of guys who are going to be at this Masters tournament thinking about what could have been if they had just made the decision to believe in themselves to make their money in their career instead of making the guaranteed money. But definitely uh-huh. an interesting little tidbit there, knowing that you have to pay two to four times back your contract if you're to break the contract. Now, I'm not sure what happens um, at the, like when the contracts do eventually terminate because contracts do have a specific time frame. I don't know how long these guys have signed for. I don't think that's really been talked about too much. Is the... I think it was a few years. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not, yeah, I think I've heard, I think I've heard like three or four years, but that that's so, just, I don't know if that's true at all, but I think, I don't think I've heard more than five years, which I don't so know if anyone lets... would sign off on that, but. Right. So let's say some of the bigger names have signed for three to four years, right? We're in year two, especially like, say, say Brooks Koepka, for example, since we're already talking about him, signed a three-year contract, right? You're in year two right now. You keep playing these major events, realizing I should never have left the PGA Tour. I want to go back. Yeah. You can just play out the last last year of your contract and not re-sign. But that doesn't guarantee the PGA Tour is going to welcome you back with open arms. Right now, yeah. a lot of the a lot of the leaders uh, in the in the clubhouse, like Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, etc., they all hate you for abandoning yeah. the tour, and they're looking to make the PGA Tour better, progress it in a more you know live tour type of way. Unfortunately, or you know, we've talked about that before. We'll talk about it again for sure, but. Um, they're looking to move the PGA tour in that direction to make it bigger than it's ever been. And it's because you motivated them by jumping off the bandwagon. It looks like 
this this article that I'm looking at right now says players who signed four year deals will be under contract through the 2025 season. So I'm assuming that's where most of them are. At least the bigger names are probably more in the four year range. Um, so yeah, it, what you just said holds up. Like if you had a four year contract, we're only two years in. You're either going to tough it out or you're going to pay back two times the amount of money you just made, and you're never going to make that much money on the PGA Tour. No, and and they it does they don't even guarantee you the ability to come back. And if they do welcome you back, you bet your ass they're going to make you earn it on the Corn Ferry. Oh yeah, they're going to make you put in the hours again. They're like, yeah, well, I mean, you abandoned your opportunity here on the PGA Tour. Your tour card expired. Uh, we do not have to give you a tour card. So how about you go back to the Corn Ferry Tour where you have to drive everywhere. You have to bring your own caddy. We're not going to be supporting you the rest of the way. And you go win enough down there to earn your PGA tour card back. They should make them like, they should make them start like from the very beginning at like PGA tour Asia, like, like they the should. That'd the be, yes. And work That'd their way up. <laughs> That'd be perfect. Uh, no offense to the guys who are actually on PGA tour Asia. It is a very yeah, hard. Keep working. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're he, better golfer than I'll ever keep be. Battling, keep battling, baby. Keep battling. But um, <laughs> it would be, be it would be so funny if they made them go back to square one. It's like, well, I mean, Hey, you just you decided to walk out on this opportunity that we gave you with a PGA Tour card, which is never a guaranteed thing. We, mm. They don't hand those out, right? Like you yeah. have to be, you have to earn it. You have to earn it, and you have to keep it. Like there are, for example, Harry Hicks. He's a guy that unfortunately did not play well enough last year to keep his tour card, so he's battling to get that back. Mm. You know, there's tons of guys where that happens. They they kind of bounce back to Corn Ferry. They come back up because they earn it. They don't play well enough. They don't get a win or anything. They got to go back down. It's kind of like a uh, uh, baseball structure where if you don't play well enough, you're getting sent back down. Yeah. You're going into the farm system again until you earn the right to come play with the with the big dogs, right? Yeah. You're going to have to, no matter what your name is, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith, Patrick Reed. That name doesn't carry a PGA Tour membership anymore. You yeah. got to go earn that again. Um, I think that would probably be the best course of action if they were to you know, soften their grip a little bit and be like, okay, fine. We'll allow you to attempt to come play back here again, but you're not starting here. Yeah. Cause best case scenario, what three years before all of them end up back on, like if they're all starting out from the bottom, right. like they're not all going to like, even if you're, even if you are a PGA tour golfer, you're not going to win every week on the corn Ferry no. tour. Like you're going to have bad weeks. So what I'm thinking best case scenario, two, three years probably more realistically that everybody would be back. Like, I think that's plenty of a punishment for ditching the tour that gave you your name and all of the money that you made up to that point. I think that like, I, that sounds perfect to me. Uh, and right. I would be a little upset if they didn't at least make them go to the corn barrier tour on their way back. Yeah. I, I, I do think there would definitely be an uproar in the fan base and probably the leaders in the clubhouse. If Jay Monahan and the PGA tour were like, okay, fine. We'll bring you back for your namesake. You're allowed to play on the, here's your PGA tour card that you didn't wow. earn. I like, I like as far as me being a PGA tour fan, I'd be furious. Yeah. If they were just welcome back on the tour, especially because like a guy like Rory and a guy like tiger who are trying to build this, like, this indoor tech golf that we haven't seen quite yet, but it's coming uh, across the horizon. They're trying to build the PGA tour to a brighter future to outshine the people that have left. If you uh -huh. just let those people come back because of their namesake. Yeah. I'd, I mean, I'd be, I'd be so furious. I would 
debate, debate boycotting the PGA Tour. I probably wouldn't. Uh, but yeah. you know, it, it's one of those. It's one of those things where it's something to think about moving into this tournament because of the traction it's getting. Right. This this kind of this, these kind of comments have not been made before. Yeah. Right. All these live guys have stayed staunch in their laurels, where they're like, "No, I'm moved to live tour. This is what I do professionally now. This is the tour yeah. that I support, and I enjoy my time here." This is the first time a guy has been like, "Yeah, I'm excited to play with the best players in the world at a major because I don't play against the best because I haven't done that in a while." Exactly. Like this is the kind of stuff where. You could you could argue that we saw this coming, but it's never a guarantee, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but it ended up happening, and I'm excited to find out how the Live Tour is going to respond to these comments. Specifically, if all 18 of the Live Tour guys, like say half of them don't make the cut, the other don't make the top 25, they're just all yeah. getting abused by Augusta National. If that happens and the all the live players go back to that tour with their tail tucked between their legs, I'm interested to see what their next move is because they yeah. have they're gonna have to do something. Uh-huh. Like last Masters, the- last Masters, it was like, ooh, who are they gonna get? Who are they gonna steal? Now it's like, mm, who's gonna regret that decision? You know, part of me wonders what would happen if like the big guys like DJ and Cam Smith and Brooks and Bryson like. If all of them got like top 25, okay. Part of me wonders, would that be what they want or what they feel like they need confidence wise in order to decide I'm going back to the PGA tour? Cause like you could look at it from either side. Like you could look at it as if they lose in the masters, they're like, okay, I'm clearly getting worse at golf and I don't want to do that. So let me go back to the PGA tour so I can continue to challenge myself. Or you could look at it as if they get all get top 25, they're like, I can still compete with the big dogs. What am I doing on this crap tour that I'm just getting paid a lot of money? I'm going back. And I feel like if it's anything besides either of those, we're not going to see more than one or two people come. But if we see, like I said, like, five of the big names get like top 25 or even not make the cut. I think we're going to start to see that crack become a little bit bigger and people are going to start to start to flow a little bit more and start to try to come back. Yeah. I mean, that's totally something that could happen. I mean, you're right. If there's, if there's a guy who gets like, say like top 15 or something and he's looking at, he like Cam Smith, for example, because we know that he has that kind of talent in him. Yeah. And he's looking at it and he goes, I can still compete here. I can not only compete on the PGA Tour and win money that way, but also I can bid for a career grand slam. Like I have that ability. What am I doing over here? You know? Because a lot of these guys that left, like very publicly had, I mean, besides Cam Smith and DJ a little bit, he had a, a little bit of injury problems, but like the ones, the bigger names had injury problems or in the case of Patrick Reed, just like nobody liked him. So if they come in and realize that they're close to fully healthy again and they can still compete, I feel like some of them are going to decide to come back. And I'm very interested to see how that plays out. I I would honestly, it would, I would love it. Not because like guys would be returning back to the tour. That's not the, that's not the reason I would love it. I would love it because it proves the PJ tour is the better of the two. You left for nothing. Right. Yeah. You did that to your career 
for no reason at all. Sure, mm-hmm. you're plus money, right? Especially if you finish out the rest of your contract and then decide to come back. Yeah, yeah, you're pl- you're plus in the money column. Awesome, good for you. You could have been plus in the money column and kept your legacy intact. Yeah, which none of them have a legacy intact anymore. They're all now guys that Masters winner over here, major winner over here, arguably the best player in the world right before he left over here, all left. Uh huh. That's their legacy now. They're the guys yeah. that abandoned the PGA Tour. So. I'm interested to see if what you said happens or if the other happens, because either of those two outcomes, whether it's because they did really well or they did really poorly, could mean that they're thinking that the live tour is not where they want to be right now. Yeah. And it's crazy to be thinking about that because even as the live tour, right, you're sitting back, you're seeing all these guys that you signed to monstrosities of contracts. You're sitting back and you're going, has this been worth it? Our TV ratings are going down. We're not making enough money. Has it been worth it for all these big names that we signed to not win live tour tournaments? Remember the first two tournaments of the year, nobody's won those tournaments, right? This is the first big name on the live tour to win one of the eight events. And we're in event three. We're almost halfway through the season. Uh And this is the first name that you signed from the PGA tour. Who's actually actually get a win, right? Yeah. And now that name, is the first guy to mention how excited he is to come back and play with PGA Tour guys. Mm-hmm. Not a good this, look. Not a good this look could too. not. This could not be going any worse for for the Live Tour. To be honest, there's there's bad and there's terrible, and we're starting to lean towards terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um. But you know, obviously, that's going to be one of the major master stories lines. Uh, stories lines. Yeah. Storylines to follow as this Masters week transpires, but obviously there's other ones. And we're going to start with the age old question. Now, how is Tiger going to perform at the Masters? Now, the last time we saw Tiger, if I'm not mistaken, would be the one moment. Let me look it up here. Was it the Genesis? I believe it was Genesis, right? It was a while ago. When was that? Hold on now. Tiger, when did we see you last? When did that happen? Da, 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 da. You would think technology was faster. Um, here we go. Yeah, there we are. Um, last time we saw him was the Genesis. Yes, the Genesis Invitational in February, where he was T forty five. He did look. He looked all right. He made a cut, which is you know an improvement off of what he has been doing. But that was the last time we saw him was mid February. How well is Tiger going to do, you think? Do you think that he's going to be able to stay in that 40 range, maybe go a bit higher? Or do you think the difficulty of walking four rounds at Augusta National might still be a bit too much for his body to to handle? Again, remember, expect- the man almost lost a leg. We're, we're not taking anything away from that, but still. I think we can expect uh, what we got, I think it was last year, where he just barely makes the cut. And then day three takes a toll on him. Yeah. Right. That was last year's masters where he yeah, like, so he made, made he by made like the one stroke, by one and sh- yeah. like plus eight the next day. Yes. I think, I think we can expect something similar to that. Um, it definitely helps that he hasn't played in a while. So he's probably feeling pretty good, but it, it's, it's a tough walk. It's a tough tournament mentally, especially when you're someone like tiger who has the expectations that he has. Um, and, when you're playing against these young guys 
who could just rip it. I mean, it's tough. So I think we can expect maybe a cut made. And then after that, I don't, I don't see too much going on after that. Right. I, I could definitely see a last year happening. Maybe he's a bit more contending this year where he's made the cut a bit more comfortably and doesn't uh-huh. have the three, the third day blow up. Yeah. And he winds up maybe in the mid thirties somewhere, may, maybe a top 25. I don't know. He's, he looks optically better than he did this time last year. Like I know yeah. the T 45 of the Genesis isn't something to write home about, but for where his golf was last year, this time, a massive improvement yeah and remember they're not letting him use a golf cart right like they're making him do the regular pga tour things you got to walk all your holes right you got to do everything well, you got to do well they're not making him do that if he asks if he asked for a golf cart they would give it to him in a heartbeat <laughs> do you think they would yeah this is a conversation i've had with a bunch of people do you think tiger they would let yeah. tiger yeah if see, tiger was, was like guys argument. i need yeah. i need a golf cart to play in your tournament and it's the masters yeah they're gonna give it to him if yeah, he says was, if he yeah. goes if he goes to the Century Tournament of Champions, he's like, guys, I need a golf cart to play in your tournament. They might just say it's not worth it uh, for the, whatever <laughs> we'll get. Um, but the Masters, yeah, Tiger at the Masters, I, he'll get whatever he wants. Could you he'll get, he'll get his cheeseburger sliders, Tiger style? He's not getting them. Tiger style, style baby. I wonder what Tiger style sliders would be. I don't know. They're just made out of pure gold. That'd probably be it. They've they've melted down all the hardware that he's won in his career and made burgers out of it. Um, yeah, I mean, I do. I think he can contend. Sure, fuck it. Why not? Right? Like, sure, Tiger can contend. Is he gonna win a Masters right now? It's hard to think that by day three or four he's not going to be completely physically drained. Yeah, know? like. Any any PGA Tour golfer will tell you at the end of a four four day tournament when you come into Sunday they're drained. Everyone yeah. does, right? And if we don't, if we see him like, honestly, don't see it happening. But if we did see a Tiger win this weekend, I don't think we see him again until next year's Masters. Like I think that's God. how tired he's going to be oh after it. If it does Ride win. off <laughs> into the sunset. At that point, we'll see you next April, big guy. Yeah, like that's 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 honestly where I think we'd be at. Yeah, I mean. As, it's hard for me to argue with that because uh, that would be insanity if Tiger wins this uh, this this Masters because no one sees it coming, right? Guy almost lost a leg in a car accident going to winning a Masters, right? We didn't even think that he was going to do it in 2019 when he did, you know? Yeah. So that's that's something purely insane to even fathom. It is possible, right? Anybody who tees off in the first hole at the Masters has a chance of winning it. That's just kind of yeah. how golf is, right? But uh, it would be truly insane if he was able to do that and get that done. Um, another name to to think about is obviously going to be the Roy McElroy's, right? So we'll just talk about Roy first, and we'll get into Scotty and John Rob. But Roy McElroy, right? What does he need for the career Grand Slam, the Masters? What has he been for the PGA Tour recently, other than the figurehead of the players? Right? He's the guy. He represents everybody and everybody respects him to represent them. That's kind of how it's been as as specifically since the live situation happened, right? He's been that guy. Not only that, but he just came off winning a FedEx cup, right? And he hasn't played incredible golf so far this season. I mean, obviously uh, last or at the Dell tech, he got came in third, but he got cut in the players. Let's not forget that T2 at the Arnold Palmer. 
but cut the players. He's been kind of really up and down this year, whether he's on it or he's completely off. And we're going into the Masters, which is just the one that he needs for that career grand uh, grand slam. What are you thinking about Rory's chances of winning a Masters here? Uh, I'd say best they've been. He, like they, you they said, he's been be, up right? and down, yeah. but we've seen some really good golf out of Rory recently. Like you said, the FedEx Cup. If he plays like he played at the FedEx Cup, then I don't even think it's close. I think he wins by three strokes. Uh, but I don't know. It's it's either going to be a, a win, I feel like, or like a top 30. Right. Uh, his highest finish at a Masters is solo fourth. Um, he's He's been T5 twice. Uh, oh, no, sorry. Last year when he came in second. My bad. Yeah. His highest finish is second. He was right there. He almost think, had the Grand Slam. It was. I think he's going to use that as motivation, too, because he was in the lead last year at one point, and he blew it. On Sunday, yeah. And I think, like, I wouldn't be shocked if he just, like, had that in his head the entire time about how he almost had it last year and then just lost it for himself. Right. And remember, this is a guy that even last year before he won the Tour Championship, right, everybody was discounting him. Everybody was like, yeah, I mean, he's Rory McIlroy and everything, but, you know, he he hasn't been playing incredible golf this year. He's played well, don't get me wrong. He's, yeah. But, you know, he's not playing incredibly. Like, I believe last year was the infamous when he was playing on the Euro Tour where he tore his shirt apart because he was so yeah. upset. Like, he was very volatile at the time. Everybody was counting him out, and he said, no, fuck that. I'm, I'm the best on tour right now and won the Tour Championship. There's yep. totally a chance here where he thinks about last year and it fuels his fire to a green jacket that's one of my favorite storylines to follow uh because i'm honestly i'm pulling for him to win a masters just because uh i really want to shut up john murray of hat cross america uh because john said you know rory's washed he's not going to win another major no no no. this he's going to get that masters he's going to get that career grand slam um but obviously there are going to be guys in his way, right? Let's talk about the other two big names here. Scotty Scheffler, last year's Masters winner, the host of this year, the Scotty Sliders. I mean, the guy is still on fire, too. It's not like he's calmed down since last season. If anything, he's just stayed consistently one of the best golfers in the world, at times being the best golfer in the world. Um, what do you think of his chances to, to go back-to-back? I mean, it's been done before in history, sure. But... This is Scotty Scheffler we're talking about. The very quiet, very reserved, goes home to his Pizza Hut dinner with his wife, winning back-to-back major, uh, winning back-to-back Masters, right? Like, this is this is a possibility. Yeah. He's playing phenomenal is. right now, you know? Yeah, he's, a, he's playing great. I, I definitely have to agree with that. Uh, I don't think I see him going back-to-back, though. It's hard. I mean, it's hard yeah. to win. It's hard to win twice in a PGA Tour season. Let's not forget that bit. I mean, maybe not for him specifically, yeah. but for most PGA Tour golfers, it's hard to win twice in a season. You get a win in a season. That season's a success. You can mark that season in the books as a big success for you. You got that yeah. win on the PGA Tour. For a guy like Scotty Scheffler, you know, maybe he has higher standards for himself. I'm sure, but back-to-back Masters is is hard. Right. Yeah. It's very hard. It's been done. I'm I'm not quite sure how many times it's been done, but definitely not super frequently in this new era of golf, right? And it doesn't help that his competition, the other uh basically perennial best golfer in the world, John Rahm, will also be teeing off 
at the Masters. What are what are you thinking of John Rahm's chances? Obviously, a guy that hasn't won a Masters but has won a major, right? So he knows what it is to win at major events. The Masters has eluded him so far. I don't know what his best finish is. Uh, I'll look it up right now while you answer. But um, what are you thinking of Rombo's chances of getting his green jacket? Uh, I'd probably put them at the same odds as Scotty. I think they're both playing pretty good golf right now. Rom's flying a little bit more under the radar somehow. Um, but I don't know. I Neither of them are my pick to win this week. They're, neither of them are my pick either. Um, his best finish at a Masters was in 2018, where he came in fourth. Uh, he has pretty much he's pretty much only ever been out of the top ten at a Masters last year, where he was t27. Um, obviously, he's an incredible golfer. Uh, I think currently world number one. I don't know. Scotty usurped him with his last win, so world number two right now until he eventually wins again and goes back into first. Because that's just, I feel like it's just going to happen all season. The two of them are yeah. just going to pretty much swap that that first position there but here's the thing that i think is going to elude john Rahm the most about the masters is what is the i'll ask you because you obviously are going to know the the answer to this question off the tee box what is it that you have to do with the masters hit it accurately hit it accurately what is one thing that has kind of been john Rahm's crutch in his career Hitting it accurately. <laughs> Hitting it accurately, yes. The man hits mammoth drives. Don't get me wrong. He's at the top of, of the, the tour right now in drive distance. Accuracy, he's skating right along a tour average, right? And that's not where you want to be when you're going to the Masters. If Bryson DeChambeau proved nothing else in his time as a PGA Tour professional, it is that you cannot power your way into a green jacket you have to be you have to be accurate from the tee box you have to be accurate everywhere you have to hit greens in regulation if you don't that course will swallow you up and spit you back out Mm -hmm. that is that is that is specifically my reason why john rom isn't going to win the masters this year because of his accuracy issues through the through the history of him being i mean don't get me wrong there are some weeks where he's completely on he never misses a fairway you know and he's he's always on in two and he's he's knocking down birdies left and right but the Masters seems to have eluded him so far, and I think it's because of his accuracy issues out of the tee box. So I agree with you. I don't, I don't have John Rahm winning. I also don't have Scotty winning uh, the Masters. So this comes down to my final Masters question for you. Who do you have winning the 2023 Masters tournament? <sighs> this is a tough one. Um, I'm torn between two guys that I think have a chance, but also I'm not 100% confident in their chances. And they're not like, they're not everybody's first pick, but they're names that people know, and they're playing some pretty good golf as of late. Right. Okay, who do you got? The issue is, just like we talked about, neither of them have great driving accuracy, mm. which is part of the reason that I feel like these picks might be bad and also the reason I don't bet anymore. But <laughs> my, my pick would either have to be Max Homa or Tony Finau. I love the Finau pick. I love the Finau pick. Neither of them are, like I said, neither of them are great. As far as driving accuracy goes, but 
Let me pull up some some stuff real quick for you here about Tony. Let, who do you have? Who do you, who do you have winning? I have Roy McIlroy, uh, who I think until the end of his PGA Tour career, I will always root for in the Masters because I want him to get that career Grand Slam. Fair. But also, I I'm really feeling um, I'm really feeling Max Homa. Yeah, I, I don't mean, hate you, it. You took you took the words right out of my mouth on Max Homa. There's just something about him, especially recently with the way he's been playing. He could do it. I don't know what it is. I just I truly believe that he could win a Masters and get a green jacket. And what a guy to root for too. Just like always, always fun to to root for. A big fans guy. You know the the fans love him. He's big on Twitter. He's a yep. funny dude, down to earth. What a guy to root for. Um. But I, I like pretty much every episode we have about Masters time. You can even check in 2024. You can come back to this episode if you want to. I will always say Rory. I need it. I need that career grand yes, slam. I just, a guy that I think deserves one. Yeah. So again, Max Homa, his his stats are the best. He doesn't have great averages. But Tony Finau, another guy who is flying way more under the radar. But let me read you some of his some of his stats for this year. Strokes gained total, fourth. Strokes gained approach to green, third. Strokes gained, or um, greens in regulation, ninth. I'm reading his top tens here. He has a few that are like top 25s, but these are his top tens. Putting average, ninth. Uh, scoring average, sixth. Par four scoring average, sixth. Birdie average, third. Again, yeah. not great stats, off the tee, but once he gets off the tee, he's doing really well. Right, and if he's if he's having a day where he's good out of the tee box, which does happen, he has full blown tournaments where he just can't seem to miss out of the tee box just by by some act of he changed something or what or what have you. If he's having one of those weeks and the rest of his game stays the way it is. Mm-hmm. I can't see why anybody could argue against Tony Finau possibly winning a Masters. And also, what a guy to root for, right? Like, just a really feel-good story if Tony wins a Masters here. And it's totally possible. I mean, the stats you just read, he's in the top 10 of a lot of the major categories of what a good golfer on tour is, you know? Especially that putting one, because that's massive at Augusta. Yeah, so he has he has three stats that he's first and second, or four stats that he's first and second in. He's first in scrambling from the fringe, which we know there's going to okay. be we know there's going to be some some pretty high rough there. Um, right. And if your accuracy is not great, you're going to need to be able to scramble. So that's fine. Putting from three feet first. I mean, you should be able to make every putt from three feet as a professional golfer. So anytime he's in three feet, basically he's going to hit. It seems like uh, consecutive par three birdies. He's first. And round three scoring average, which I think is one of the more important things right now, because it'll give him momentum going into Sunday. If he gets there, his round three scoring average, he's second overall on tour. So if he can get into a, if he can get into a competitive spot on Saturday and then bring that second overall strokes on, on um, Saturdays, he's going to put himself in a really good spot. And I don't see a reason why not to pick him at that point. Yeah. I mean, you bring up a lot of good points. He kind of looks like he's one of the guys who's the most geared up to win this tournament. The putting stats alone that you just read off are, are great, but the ability to have good par three scoring and be able to scramble for good scores. 
Those are arguably, I would say, two of the top five things you need at Augusta National to yeah. win a green jacket. Because you're eventually you're going to miss a fairway. That's going to happen. Augusta National is not going to let you hit every single fairway. That's not how the course is designed. So if yeah. you're able to scramble and get on the green in regulation and put down those putts from three feet, and yeah, I mean the the par threes at Augusta National are usually the holes where. Augusta will show its teeth and chew you up. Yeah. There are a lot of guys that sixes and sevens on part threes. It happens. Yeah. If he's able to, to put all those pieces together, I can't find an argument against a Tony Fina, a possible green jacket, you know? And who would complain about that? Nobody. N- not a single person would complain. That would be such a feel good story. Mm-hmm. If Tony Fina winds up winning a masters, that would, that's one of those guys where you're like, yes you did that you yeah you won your major you got yourself a master's green jacket let's go yeah it's it's one of the it's one of those feel-good guys that you want to root for much like max homa you know which yeah. you know arguably you could say that's why we chose those two guys because we like to root for them but like sue us right they're fun <laughs> guys to watch they're fun to root for they're good dudes we want to yeah. see them win a master's right that's why scotty last year was so fun he was yeah. so fun to root for you know yep. um but other than that, I can't find the power rankings from our boy Rob quite yet. I don't know if he's not posted them yet. Um, but we told you who we think uh, who we think is going to win. You guys, please tell us who you think is going to win. We want to hear your your thoughts. We want to hear why you think one of the live guys is gonna is gonna win. Uh, so we can yeah. subsequently block you on all social media platforms. You psychopath. Uh, no, we will not do that. We, we <laughs> love all of our fans, whoever you support. Um, but other than that, Rick. I think we're just ready to have the Masters happen and react to it next week. Yeah, I'm ready to watch. I'm ready to watch some great golf, best golfers in the world. It's I mean, it's I, it's Masters week. It, it just yeah. is. It, the yeah. The aura around Masters week is is much like opening day of baseball. Uh huh. Vibes are high. The Everyone's vibes are excited. High. The excitement is there. It the anticipation. You can feel it. You're sitting on the edge of your seat. It's a Thursday golf round, and you are locked in yeah that doesn't happen in many other tournaments so the, nope. this, this is why the masters is special and that's why we're excited about it but let's just go ahead and let that masters happen and we will react to it next week as always everybody thank you so much for listening go ahead and follow us on our social media platforms at from the tips underscore pod on instagram and at ftt underscore pod on twitter uh go ahead and hit us up on either of those platforms after you hit follow you can dm us we will answer we are not afraid to talk to any of our fans we would love to talk to you guys actually so please 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 hit us up on our social yep. medias uh go ahead and follow us on the in those content fears and uh this summer is going to be really cool we're going to be doing a lot of good content especially towards the end of the summer where we go to our our golf tournament with the hack across america guys in florida that's going to ha- that's going to have a lot of cool content um i'm excited for the summer it's going to be a really good summer for the podcast and for the two of us it's going to be great so as Mm -hmm. always thank you so much for listening i'm so excited for the masters i know you guys are too so let's just react to it next week thank you so much and we out thanks guys see you later